Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's On a Wednesday! It's all legal with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is grown, baby. That All Even Wave. Get on that wave. Lots to get into. It's the new year. So that means new resolutions. People are talking about they want to go to the gym and then they don't go to the gym. <laughs> We all know what it is. So enjoy the new year. Hope everybody has a beautiful year. We had two rough ones, so let's start it off good. Lots to get into. NFL, Antonio Brown. You know we have to talk about that. Got to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and how they imploded against the Arizona Cardinals. There's rumors about a certain coach that wants to possibly coach the Raiders, so we're going to get into that too. Ben Roethlisberger's final home game. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. First off, before I start going into whatever the hell I'm going to talk about, I'd like to say, you know, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, Hope this year is kinder than the last two years have been to a lot of people, especially for myself. I was waiting for the new year to turn over so, you know, we can possibly get some better luck. Um, So, you know, I'm definitely optimistic about the year. I'm looking forward to Big things for the All Even Podcast. Big things for my family and friends. You know, they have a lot of dreams and goals that they want to achieve as well. So I want to help them get there and, you know, hopefully see that. So definitely want to just get that out of the way. And let's get into some sports, shall we? Biggest news of the weekend, and there were a lot of them over the past few days, right? But the biggest news is the implosion that we saw at MetLife Stadium. Bucks against the Jets. Bucks are down. They're losing to the Jets. The Jets are playing them tough. It's a it's a difficult game for the Bucks. They're down 14 points at, at one point. They end up winning the game 27 to 24. But it took a lot to get there. Tom Brady had the game-winning drive. 16 seconds left. He throws a touchdown pass. They win in typical Brady fashion, right? 
But that's not the story of the game. We're not talking about Brady's greatness after a Bucks win. We're actually talking about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown left the sidelines, took off his, his pads, threw his, his gloves into the stadium, to the stands, chucked the deuces to the fans, and ran off the field. Now, the story goes is that he said that he, you know, his, his ankle wasn't feeling right all week. He didn't practice all week. Played the game, didn't feel right. You know, Bruce Arians asked him to go into the game a couple of times. He refused. Bruce Arians then told him to get the F off the field, and that was that. So they asked Bruce Arians after the game, you know, is he a part of the the team? And he said he's no longer a part of the team. That's it. But we still see that there's reports saying that they still have not released him officially. So I don't know what the deal is there in regards to what they're planning to do internally. He hasn't hit the NFL wire yet, so he's still a part of the team. They still have his rights. That's all the technical jargon in regards to him not being a part of the team. The part that I want to talk about is Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is going through some difficult times. The last five years or so, You've been seeing an uptick in these occurrences, these episodes where he just loses control. He does, he just does wild, wacky stuff. But this was the icing on the cake. We've never seen him take this type of action on the field. You know, Ryan Clark said it that, you know, he's always been a, a guy that's been prepared on the field. He's never taken his personal issues on the field. Well, we saw it spill over on Sunday. So are we going to see Antonio Brown again in the NFL? In my opinion, no. I don't think we should. But is that actually the reality? The problem that I'm having with this whole thing is that you have apologists for him. You're hearing there's rumors out there that Bruce Arians told Antonio Brown that you know, he's not going to get his incentive, and that's why Antonio Brown blew up. And people will say, oh, you know, nobody just blows up like that. Yeah, Antonio Brown does. Antonio Brown has had issues over the years that have shown you this is where it was going to head to anyway. So I can't see a scenario where Bruce Arians, who's a very player-friendly coach, is going to tell a player that, yeah, I'm going to stop you from getting money. That's That has nothing to do with Bruce Arians' money. It's not coming out of Bruce Arians' pocket. What does he care if his player gets an incentive or not? It's all about winning the football game. Just a week prior, he had 15 targets. So why wouldn't he not get the ball that day? Doesn't make sense. The other thing that doesn't make sense is that you hear there's rumors around that teammates heard the same thing and all that. Here's my part of it. Even if this were true, it still doesn't warrant the behavior that he did on Sunday. You do not do that. I've heard worse things being said on sidelines. I've heard stories of worse things being said to players, and they respectfully play out the game. They play out their season, and they don't go back to that team. They leave via free agency, via trade. You never hear of things until years down the road. So I don't want to hear the apologists. Oh, what? That's BS. You always have these people out there 
that warrant this type of behavior. And this is why Antonio Brown will never change. It's because he has people out there that, oh, yeah, I'm with AB. I'm a big AB supporter. I love Antonio Brown. I think he's a great player. I think he's one of the most dynamic performers that we've had in the NFL. But Antonio Brown right now does not need enablers. Antonio Brown needs to be told the truth. You need help. You need professional help. You need to go see somebody. You need to go step away from football because it's not helping you. Football is not helping him get over whatever demons he has. It's not. It's actually making it worse because all you're doing is putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot. You're not solving the problem. He's just going from place to place to place with the same issues. And if Tom Brady can't save you, nobody can in regards to football. Tom Brady had him staying in his house. He didn't have to, you know, rent a, a home or apartment or whatever it was. He stayed in Brady's home. So that's how you know how, how much Brady cares for the guy. And you heard what Brady said after the game. It's time for compassion and understanding because... Antonio Brown is going through a rough time. I wholeheartedly believe that. I do believe that he's going through a bad stretch. But football is not helping him. And you have these enabling teams out there that will see the talent and, oh, well, we'll give him a shot. He hasn't had an issue in five months. But has he actually gotten help for those issues or is he just quiet? Because that's what happens when Antonio Brown goes quiet for a little while and then something happens. It was quiet for a little while, and then people say, oh, well, I guess he's fine. No, he's not fine. If you're going to bring an Antonio Brown into your organization, you have to have a therapist. You have to have things in place to be able to, you know, help him, assist him with whatever issues he's having because it's deeper than football. It's re It really is. A person that doesn't have any talent, any talent at all, but worked hard is not going to get the opportunities that Antonio Brown will because talent always wins out, doesn't it? Doesn't matter how screwed up you could be. Doesn't matter who you disrespect, how many bridges you burn. Talent is always going to get you in the door. When it shouldn't actually be like that, we should be looking at people who work hard, who bust their ass and make sure that they're not burning bridges that they respect the organizations, they respect their job, they respect the people around them. They don't do the things that this guy does. This is not a, a good thing for the NFL to continue to allow him to do this. They have to take the power out of his hands and out of the GM's hands. Do not sign Antonio Brown until you know he's gotten help. And if he hasn't gotten any help, then you stay away. You stay away. And for the people in his life, stop enabling him. Get him some serious help. Because if you don't, we're going to have a different conversation very, very soon. And I don't want to have that conversation. I don't think anybody does. I had a conversation with one of the homies, and, you know, we were talking about the whole A-B situation. And, you know, he's like, hey, listen, I'm, I don't agree with what happened, but, you know, it, it it's possibly why he blew up like that. And I'm like, listen, listen. That's like somebody out there calls you a name and you now react and you're acting crazy and you're going to fight the person and 
taking off your shirt and people are recording you, right? All they're recording is your reaction. So you look like the maniac. You look like you're attacking somebody when really and truly you're just responding to what might have happened. You have to be the bigger person because at the end of the day, you're going to look crazy. You're not going to have people that are witnesses for what happened. You're going to have to explain that. And if your reputation is not that of a of a good one where you're always in these these bad situations, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. That's where AB is. So even no matter what was said on the sideline, if that is true, I don't believe it's true, but if it is true, you don't react that way. And AB does not have a filter. He doesn't have something that can be able to allow him to control himself. That's why he has to separate himself from football because it's not helping. Look, he stayed in New York. He was at the Nets game. He was at he was he was at courtside and just it's like nothing happened. It's like nothing happened. You have friends there with him and they're taking pictures and nothing happened. That's not what he's supposed to be doing right now. He needs to get some real, real help. Coming up after the break, Monday Night Football Review, Big Ben's last home game, Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, on a Wednesday, <laughs> it's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money for that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, yeah, we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, listen. Shout out to the Old Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, 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 What's up, whoa, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, you, you want to say to the people? Shout out to my young podcast. Yeah, let me get the joint. What's up? Old oh, Even. Old oh, Even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this joint up, man. Old oh, Even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you, well, that's a shout out. You're keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump Welcome back, y'all. Monday Night Football between the Steelers and the Browns, AFC North matchup. We had the Steelers win the game 26-14. Big Ben's final game in Heinz Field, but he didn't play that well. <laughs> I mean, let's keep it 100. He did not play well at all. You know, he was 24-46, 123 yards, touchdown and interception. He just looks old. You know, he he's he shot. If he decides to continue to play football, I don't know where there's a fit for him. I think Pittsburgh, if he wants to come back to Pittsburgh, just out of respect for him, they're going to say, listen, if you come back, you're going to come back in a, in, a, in a backup role, and we don't want to do that to you. So there's no point of doing this. Let's just split now and, you know, just retire and, and be happy with retirement because I, I just don't think he has anything left. But, um you know, they're still alive in the playoff picture, honestly. At 8-7-1, and one, you know, they still have a chance, an outside chance to make the playoffs. So kudos to them. Najee Harris had a great game, 28 carries, 188 yards, and a touchdown. That kid is something special. Uh, one of the bright spots for the Steelers this year offensively. 
you know, he's a part of this great rookie class that has been in this season. You know, we had some special players in this draft. So, you know, kudos to Najee Harris. The defense played well as always. You know, T.J. Watt was just all over the place. He had four sacks. Four sacks. I mean, if he's not the defensive player of the year, as much as I love Michael Parsons, as much as I love Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt is the guy. I think if he gets one more sack or two more sacks, he's going to break the record. So that's that's what it's about. That's what it's about right there. He's been phenomenal. He's been all over the field this year. He's been a menace to every quarterback that he's played. So, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have they have something special there on defense. Can they make the playoffs? Like, like I said, it's an outside shot. And definitely got to give kudos to Mike Tomlin. Nobody's talking about how great Mike Tomlin has been. 15 years with the Steelers, he's never had a losing record. Never. And he's not going to have one this season either. So, you know, you don't hear enough about Mike Tomlin. Sometimes you hear the criticism, oh, well, maybe they need to go away from Mike Tomlin. Really? You're going to go away from a guy that's never had a losing season? Make it make sense to me. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it's something else why people don't want him in that position. But, you know, I'm not going to pull that flag this morning. No, no, no. I'll pull it another day when something happens, but not going to pull it this morning. But on the other side, let's talk about those Cleveland Browns, shall we? Let's talk about those Cleveland Dumpster Fire Browns. And, you know, I feel bad for Stefanski. I feel bad for Miles Garrett. I feel bad for Nick Chubb. I, need, I feel bad for, you know, the real good players on this team. The one guy that I really don't feel bad for is the quarterback. 16 for 38, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Baker Mayfield, the former number one pick, that guy, uh, he's banged up, his shoulder hurts, uh, this hurts. So all of a sudden, they lose this game now, press conference happens, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm banged up, I'm beat up, I, yeah, I definitely need to go get the surgery. Really? You should have got that surgery weeks ago. You should have shut down weeks ago because you would have actually gave your team a chance to actually make the playoffs. But instead, you literally threw them out of the playoffs for your poor play. Is people still blaming Odell for the problems? Because I, I, I see what Odell's doing with the Rams. I've seen what Jarvis Landry has looked like after Odell left. So you want to blame Landry too? How about Stefanski? Is he to blame? What about Hugh Jackson? Is he to blame? What about Freddie Kitchens? Is he to blame? Is the GM to blame? Is the offensive line to blame? Is Nick Chubb to blame? Maybe he should have had 300 yards on the ground on 12 carries. Maybe that would have helped them win. It's always something else that's the problem with how he's performed instead of him. And I hear people and analysts and there's this, you know, notion out there that Baker's good. He had that stretch where he was 20-3 and in 11 games, you know, last year. and But it's not this year. You're only as good as what you're doing now. Mike cares about what you did last year. Mike cares about what you did the year before that. What Baker is doing now, that's what they're going to pay him for in the future. Do they feel that he's going to be a franchise quarterback that they can pay $45, $46 million to? If I'm the Browns, I don't do that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't keep him, but to give him that type of money, no, no. I would rather 
go get me a bridge quarterback until I can be able to draft one that's ready to play instead of committing big dollars to a guy like Baker Mayfield who's not that good. That's the problem. He's just not that good. Face facts. <laughs> when, when you look at him, the eye test tells you he's not that good. He's not accurate anymore. So if he's not accurate, he doesn't escape the pocket well. He doesn't have a rocket plus arm. He's not that likable. And there's nothing to root for. There's nothing to root for. So the Browns have a lot to think about here. You know, obviously they picked up his fifth-year option, so they want him back. But after this year, I really don't know where they go. Are you going to franchise tag him for two years and then let him walk? Are you just going to let him walk after the fifth-year option? I have no idea. But I do know that you can't sign him long-term. You just can't. If you want to win, if you want your franchise to take that next step, you can't sign Baker Mayfield long-term. In other news, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, every time I get my hopes up about this team being different, them turning the corner, them looking different, the defense is all over the place, they come back down to earth in a way that a meteor crashes to earth. Like just fast and there's fire and things just blow up and cause so much damage. That's exactly what it is. That's how it feels right now. The Dallas Cowboys are 11-5. and five, And I can tell you there's not a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans that are happy right now. They're not happy with 11-5 and five record because they actually should be better than that. They should be possibly 13-3, and three, at least 12-4. and four. But what they did against Arizona on Sunday night, yeah, typical Cowboys. They come out, they look flat. Kyler Murray is doing what Kyler Murray does. He's running all over the place. He's, he's, you know, connecting passes. He's escaping the pocket. He's just looking great. Great. You know, you had A.J. Green beat Trayvon Diggs on a double move down the line. It was supposed to be a touchdown if the ball wasn't underthrown by Kyler. We have Dak Prescott having an uneven game. We have Ezekiel Elliott not being a factor on the ground. Pollard not being a factor on the ground either. Dak Prescott actually led the team in rushing with 20 yards. And the defense, the defense who has played well the last few weeks, they played well enough to win this game, but they had some situations where in the last part of the game, they couldn't get off the field. They couldn't stop them on third down to get the ball back. You had Greg DeLeg Zerline missing kicks. He's been missing big kicks all year. You got Mike McCarthy looking like a deer in the headlights on the sidelines. Got outcoached by Cliff Kingsbury with a situation in the third quarter where Matt Prater is lined up out, out, out in the slot. He's like, oh my goodness, they, they, they're going to score a touchdown. I got call a timeout. That's what it is right now in Cowboys land. It's a disaster. It feels like this team is 5-11. and 11. That's how it feels. Because when they play against teams that are below 500, oh, they look like world beaters. 56-14, they beat up on the Falcons. They beat up on all these teams, and everybody, oh, Dak Prescott's so good. But when they play against teams that are actually good, 
Dak Prescott struggles. Dak Prescott has bad passes. He misfires. He's overthrowing guys. He's underthrowing guys. He's fumbling the football. That's the problem that I have when people defend Dak Prescott. Great guy, but he's not an elite quarterback. Great human being, not an elite quarterback. Great humanitarian, not an elite quarterback. When you keep making the same mistakes game after game and year after year, and you're not making the adjustments to get better, you are not an elite quarterback. The Dallas Cowboys come down, score a touchdown. They have the momentum now. They stop the Cardinals on third down. They trot back on the field. And what does Dak Prescott do? He fumbles the football. Fumbles the football, so now the momentum goes back to the Cardinals. Now, granted, you can say that the defense should have got a stop and they should have tried to get them off the field on that last drive for the Cardinals. But should they even have been there had it not been for the fumble? See, we have to call a spade a spade here. When you make mistakes as a quarterback and big mistakes like that, it's very hard for your team to overcome those. You see in Cleveland, they can't overcome Baker's poor play and his poor reads and his poor interceptions. They can't overcome that. No matter how good the running game is, no matter how elite that that defensive line is, no matter how good the defense has been playing all year, they can't overcome a bad quarterback. And I'm not saying that Dak is bad, but he has bad moments to the point where you're scratching your head like, this, how? This guy's making $75 million more than any other quarterback in the league this year. How is he still making those mistakes? Those are year two mistakes. That's my problem with him. The other problem that I have with the Dallas Cowboys is the play calling. They don't take any shots downfield. I watch the Cincinnati Bengals and I'm just mad. I'm jealous. Because Joe Burrow is just throwing the ball all over the place. He's just closing his eyes and throwing it deep. Jamar Chase is catching it. You have T. Higgins. You have Tyler Boyd. All of these guys are just catching deep balls, deep passes. We have CeeDee Lamb. We have Amari Cooper. We had uh, a Gallup before he tore his ACL. You know, uh, heal up Gallup. You know, that was unfortunate. Hopefully, you can be able to be back. But we have these weapons who we have some deep threats. No, don't take any shots downfield. It's all Dak and Dump. It's all just nonsensical plays it's all predictable that's the problem with this Dallas Cowboys team when they go against good teams is that they're predictable so the good teams can recognize that a bad team can't recognize that that's why they're bad good teams understand what type of plays you're running good teams understand that okay this is the defense that we can be able to use to just quell this this little vanilla play that they're running here there's no creativity at all. When you have a guy like C.D. Lamb, I look at C.D. Lamb in a way that I look at Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is a utility player. You can be able to just line him up in the, in the backfield. You can line him up in the slot. You can screen pass for him. There's so many different ways you can use Debo Samuel. You have C.D. Lamb here that can do the same thing. Why not utilize that type of talent? You don't have to just rush with Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard. You have other guys that can be able to do it. Why not use some creativity? There is no creativity right now. And to be honest with you, here's a take for you. I would not be mad 
if Kellen Moore took the Jaguars' job. I'm just being honest. I wouldn't be mad because let him go. I want somebody that's going to be able to get the most out of this team offensively. I don't think Kellen Moore is doing that with the receivers. Take shots downfield. If you're not taking shots downfield, you're not giving your team a chance to actually put up big points and have big plays. Dink and dump is not going to work. You put pressure on your offensive line. You put pressure on your running game. You put pressure on your defense to be perfect. You put pressure on your special teams to be perfect. You need to put them in situations where they can be able to excel and exceed and have success. Take shots downfield. CeeDee Lamb went over 1,000 yards receiving, but you see guys like Justin Jefferson. You see guys like Jamar Chase. You see guys like, you know, even Amon Ross St. Brown. All of these guys, they use them in different ways. C.D. Lamb needs to be used that way as well. Amari Cooper is not even going to reach 1,000 yards. That's going to be the first time in three seasons. Being with the Dallas Cowboys, he's not going to reach 1,000 yards. When everybody said before the season, Dallas has a potential to have 3,000-yard receivers on their team. Yet we haven't seen that. We've seen an offense that's been sputtering, and guess why? Not only is the play calling to blame, but number four is to blame as well. Everybody knows that Zeke is Zeke is not the same player. You can't blame him anymore. The guy who's making the big bucks is the guy that needs to be shouldering most of the blame as to why this offense does not get downfield, as to why this offense looks very stagnant. The part that bothered me is that he came out after the, the Washington game. Oh, y'all called it a slump. I didn't call it a slump. No, 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 no. It's a slump, bro. It's a slump. You look bad. Just because you can be able to show off against a bad team in the first half doesn't mean that you can show off against a team like Arizona who actually has a good defense. You look pedestrian. And if people are looking at the numbers, right, if they're playing Monday morning quarterback and looking, oh, well, he's played great. Passer rating. Numbers lie. Your eyes don't. Numbers lie all the time. Because if that's the case, Kirk Cousins may be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Puts up good numbers every year, doesn't he? The eyes tell you differently in regards to clutch moments. He's not quite there. That's the problem. So I don't need to hear any excuses out of Cowboys Nation today. I need to know the truth. How are we going to be able to fix this? Can we be able to right the ship? I don't really think so. Because we had a potential to go from the number two seed, now we're the number four or five seed, and we have to play either the Rams or the Cardinals in the first round. Does anybody who's a Cowboys fan feel confident that we can beat the Cardinals or the Rams in the first round, even if we are at home? Because Jerry World is really not an advantage. It's not Arrowhead. It's not, you know, it's not Seattle. It's not New England. It's not any of these places that you actually have an advantage. And shout out to my boy Mike Guido. Hope you get well. He had written out, you know, playoff odds and, you know, the strength of schedule and all the quality wins that certain teams have had during the season. Wins and losses. The Cowboys, 11-5, and five, they have three quality wins. Beat the Chargers, beat the Eagles, beat the Patriots. 
They have four bad losses, right? Big losses to big teams, I would say. Bucks, Chiefs, Raiders, Cardinals. With three quality wins, are you actually a great team? I, I don't I don't know if you can say that. You know, you got the Packers with four. So Titans with six, Chiefs with six. They, those are high quality wins, which means that those particular teams can stand the test of time in the playoffs if something happens. If they play a good team, they can be able to hold their own. The Cowboys don't look like they can do that. So if that's the case, they're one and done in the playoffs. And what we're dealing with next season is Dak Prescott's cap hit goes up. Ezekiel Elliott, his contract is still there. The year after that, Dak Prescott's cap hit goes up again. So this is the year to actually win the Super Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys. But it looks farther and farther away from actually happening. It doesn't look like a reality anymore because they are not beating the best teams in the NFL. And if you're not beating the best teams in the NFL, then you're just going to be one of those pretender teams in the playoffs, and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Moving on, it seems like there's some interesting news happening out of Vegas. The Vegas Raiders, who have had a miserable season, although they're 9-7 and seven and, you know, are one of the playoff teams right now, man, they've had some bad situations happen. You had Gruden, you had the, the cornerback with the gun issue, you had all of these bad things happen. You had this guy recently with the DUI, but maybe, just maybe, good times are coming. Rumor has it that Jim Harbaugh, Head coach of the Michigan Wolverines that got the doors blown off of them this weekend. <laughs> but he's the head coach there, but very intrigued and interested in the Las Vegas job. And I'm all for it. I think Jimmy Harbaugh can be able to help Derek Carr get to another level. I think his passion and his aggressiveness and, you know, his, real, his moxie is what the Raiders need. And also, too, he's a disciplinarian, and he's also a guy that preaches accountability. All of those things is what the Vegas Raiders need. So I think that if he's interested and they're interested, just get it done. Let him be the next head coach, and I'm all for it. I like Jim Harbaugh. I like what he did at Stanford. I like what he did when he got to the 49ers. He turned that that team around, that organization around. They were a dumpster fire before that. And he made them contenders. They got to a Super Bowl. They almost won one. But, hey, Jim Harbaugh rubs people the wrong way because of how he is. But maybe that's exactly what the Vegas Raiders need. In other news, Kyrie Irving returns to the court tonight for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, there's a lot of hoopla around this. But he has a ton to prove, doesn't he? He can't just come here and play mediocre. He's coming here as the savior for the season, the team, because they've been riddled with injuries, inconsistent play by the bench, aging, supporting cast. Kyrie Irving has a lot to prove. 
And I've been on record by saying that the Brooklyn Nets have really bent to his will. And what's going to stop Kyrie Irving from just doing whatever he wants to do? There's no, there's nothing stopping him. The one thing that you had as regards to if he's not compliant with the vaccination protocol that you're going to keep him away from the team, doesn't want to be a distraction because if they win, great. But if they lose, it's going to be because Kyrie Irving's not playing. Well, he's only going to be playing away games. So how is that going to help you in the finals? How is that going to help you in the playoffs? What if the Nets have home court advantage throughout the playoffs? You have four home games. He's not going to be at any of them. So you're only going to have Kyrie Irving for three games in a series. Now, they may look at it and say, hey, that's all we need is three games. But it's the playoffs. I, I just, I don't know why they're doing this. But, hey, if it works, great. But if it doesn't, it's really going to backfire and backfire big time. So, I'm I'm curious to see it. I'm actually going to watch the game. I want to see exactly uh, how he plays, how he does, how they respond to him, you know, how the other team responds. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting Wednesday night. Um, do I have them winning? Of course. I mean, the Nets are a good team. So I, I don't see them losing the game. But, you know, th- this is going to be an interesting turn of events come the entire season of how they're going to be able to manage this. How are they going to be able to, you know, keep it, keep it cool, keep it, you know, under control when things don't go well? When things are going well, it's great. But when things don't go well and you got to answer those tough questions, are they prepared to do so? So we'll see. We'll see. But I ain't going to hold you. Yeah, I, I don't believe in it. I don't like it. And that's just my take on it. So. In other news, going back to the NFL, Jalen Hurts, he has penned a letter to the NFL after the collapse of the, you know, the wall that was holding the fans at FedEx Stadium. You know, (laughs) I don't I don't mean to laugh because, you know, everybody was safe. Nobody got hurt Um, to the people that may have gotten a little banged up. Everybody's okay. You know, this could have definitely been bad. And. You know, what Jalen Hurts is saying is that, listen, they got to put in some safeguards and make sure that this doesn't happen again. But in on the other side of it, flipping the coin, right? I always like to flip the coin. It's so convenient that it happens to the Washington football team. It doesn't. It's just they're such a dumpster fire of an organization. They have such a terrible owner that, of course, the barriers are going to collapse on a quarterback that's walking into the locker room. Of course. Of course. It's just, I don't know why somebody just doesn't step in and tell Dan Snyder, listen, you, you got to go. Like, you know, all of these things that are happening, the sexual allegations that are hanging over this organization, just a bad play on the field. Your bad decision making, your your arena is falling apart. Just go. Just just go. This is this is typical Washington football team. And they just announced that oh, they're gonna reveal the new logo 
and team name on February 3rd. <laughs> I have a name. The Washington Incinerators. Because that's where you throw the trash. <laughs> this is this is not even dummy of the week and I'm just I'm having fun with the Washington football team but all in all serious though Jalen Hurts is right you know they gotta make sure that they put safeguards and they gotta make sure that they reinforce those barriers with those fans because a lot of fans like to engage with the players going into the locker room after games you know before games so if there's a lot of people that are flushing to that one side it can cause you know strain on the structure so they got to make sure they, re they they reinforce that and make sure that they're protecting not only the fans in the stands, but also the people that are below. So, you know, I I, I commend Jalen Hurts for that. Um, you know, he kept composure. You know, when, when everybody fell, he just kind of looked and was helping people. But, you know, he's definitely right that they have to do something. Roger Goodell got to sit Dan Snyder down and say, listen, man, you, you effing up, bro. Like, why is it always something with you? Get it together. Can he get it together? No, it's Dan Snyder. It's the Washington football team. They're always going to be who they are. That's it. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Wednesday. It's all even. This is Cigar Gents and Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com. We're everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. Well, since my schedule is a little TBD right now, I don't know when there will be a Saturday show. This is going to be the dummy of the week. So we'll have candidates, and we'll make a decision on Tuesday. So I have my winner already. I've had it for a while. Doesn't matter what happened last night. Still the guy. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Russell Westbrook. Point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Supposed to be superstar for the Los Angeles Lakers, but we in Laker Nation know differently. Russell Westbrook is my winner for... Because ladies and gentlemen of the jury... Russell Westbrook, after the Minnesota game over the weekend, I believe it was Sunday, had an interview, press conference, and, you know, he's on his phone and not even really paying attention, not giving the reporters the respect of even looking them in the face when they're asking him questions. And he's asking, you know, you know how does he feel about the turnovers and, you know, uh, you know is, it, is it something that, that needs to be corrected? And Russell Westbrook says, you know, Missed shots and turnovers are a part of the game. You know, I'm going to miss shots. I have the right to do that. I'm going to turn the ball over. I have the right to do that too. But what I bring to the table is much more than shots and turnovers. I bring something. <laughs> what? 
I've never heard of an, an answer like that. So you miss shots. You miss more shots than anybody on the team. You turn the ball over nine times. I think that the Lakers only had 16. You have nine of them. You don't play any defense, but you bring other aspects to the game. What? What, what, what do you bring? What I know is that when you try to lay the ball up, the ball flies out of your hand. When you try to do that stupid backboard shot, it flies off the top of the backboard. When you play defense, you're playing a one-man zone where somebody else is open and you don't even realize that that's your man in the corner. All of these things you do. So, so what do you do good? Because every time you miss a layup, you're looking at your hands. Every time the ball flies six rolls into the stands, you're looking at your hands. It's you. It's you. It's always been you. It's been you in Oklahoma City. It's been you in, in Houston. It's been you here in Washington. You're the one that screws up all the time. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And the fact that you have no accountability, he doesn't care about turning the ball over. He doesn't care about looking bad. He doesn't care about not being able to shoot. Uh, the sun will come up tomorrow. Not in LA for you, it doesn't. I never thought that I would see the day where somebody is worse than Kyle Kuzma in a Lakers. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. Kyle Kuzma gets out the door. Russell Westbrook comes in. So out of the frying pan into the fire. That Spider-Man picture. You're just looking at each other. Same guy. It's the same guy. The only difference is that Kyle Kuzma had some accountability at times. He, hey, you know, I've definitely got to play better. I got to make sure we shoot better. This guy, no, no, no. He can go 7 for 28, have 10 turnovers, and yeah, so that's fine, fine. No, it's not. You have people on other networks, Skip and Shannon, they have blooper reels for you every game. Now, they played the Kings last night. He had no turnovers right that's the first time that he's had that since what 2016 or something like that so it's been that long where he could actually go a game without turning the ball over and everybody's like oh well you know he didn't look like himself yeah because they actually took the ball out of his hands they said you're not gonna do this tonight because although they won that game against the kings they won it despite him because he, he didn't really, he wasn't his self. And that's fine. I'll keep that. Let's have more of that until we can get him out the door. Because, listen, Lakers ain't winning no championship with Russell Westbrook. They're just not. They're just not. And I can't stomach to see him play game after game after game and have the same answers and have those terrible clothes that he wears. It's just upsetting. Everything about Russell Westbrook on the court, off the court, it's just upsetting. And I've had enough. I have never seen somebody shoot that consistently off the top of the backboard. <laughs> I've never seen somebody that consistently shoot mid-range jumper air balls. Like literally 12, 15, 17 foot air balls. And then he looks at his hands. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> There's a lot of fans in Lakers Nation that want you gone. Even the basketball doesn't want you. <laughs> basketball just wants to run away from you as, as fast as possible. 
every time you touch it it just goes it just fumbles out of your hand it just runs away because it just doesn't want to be abused by you doesn't want to be slammed off the backboard it doesn't want to be thrown into the stands and hit people in the face hit innocent bystanders it doesn't want to do that it wants to just go in the basket that's its job but when you have the ball it there's there's abuse that goes on there's abuse that goes on so enough i'm i'm the advocate for the nba basketballs to just be done with westbrook just don't let him touch him anymore just don't do it don't do it so russell westbrook you may not want to answer questions and think that everything is hunky-dory when you're playing the worst basketball of your career and everybody knows it except you so you know you can hold the l on that but you're definitely a winner at something you're a winner for dummy of the week that's all for this show i'll see you guys next week tuesday and until then stay safe stay cool Peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's obvious. The unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m., and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com